Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. First of all, I bring you greetings from our Bishop of the New Jersey Senate, Bishop Tracy Bartholomew, and from our Senate staff, your Senate staff. We are and always always enjoy in every thought and remembrance of you. We thank you for your partnership and ministry, for the work you do here, for sharing and living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you and again greetings and remember us in your prayers as we continue to remember you in ours. I run in diverse circles of people and being in New Jersey is no, no, no different. Um, that's New Jersey. I choose to live and run in diverse circles of people, probably because my parents did. Our Cleveland neighborhood was Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Catholic, Protestant, African-Caribbean, African-American, Ukrainian, Hungarian, and Polish, and probably a lot more others. People from the rural South and people from rural Europe people from big urban places and small towns. Being in such settings teaches respect for other cultures and teaches you how to define your own culture. What does it mean to be Polish and Catholic? What's the difference between Catholic and Protestant? Who is Muhammad? What's it like to have escaped Hitler? What's it like to be a Holocaust survivor? I was a teenager before I realized that most Americans did not live in diverse communities. Many Americans grew up in places that looked, spoke, and worshiped like them. The need to define oneself, one's cultural beliefs, didn't seem as necessary. Everyone was of the same race and faith. So if someone were to ask you to define Christian, what do you say? What is a Lutheran Christian? What do you say if someone asked you, what's so good about knowing and following Jesus? What difference does that make in your life? I ask this question regularly of catechism students because I want them to think about how they will speak their own faith in their own words. For seasoned Christians, for seasoned saints, what difference has Christianity made in your life? How do you navigate your world differently because you say you follow Jesus. Do strangers know that you are Christian by your love, by your love, by your Facebook posts? This is not about other religions or to tear down other religions. This is for us as Christians to think deeper. What difference does knowing the teachings of Jesus make in how we behave and in how we treat other people? How do you show that you believe that God's beloved community has transformed how you live? How has your life 
as a baptized believer in Jesus the Christ, how has your life testified to the amazing, radical, and expansive and foolish love of God? Or has it made any change at all? It was sad last week as I taught confirmation class and we were looking at Galatians chapter five and looking at the behaviors of living in the flesh, anger, wrath, jealousy, enmity, strife, versus life in the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And when my students see adult Christians in public spaces and online spouting and sharing hateful messages, when they see, as Isaiah calls it, where is it in uh, one of these verses, I'm going to lose the place, of fist of wrath. When they see adults not living into their baptism, I was embarrassed. We need to get back on message. We need to get back to the message of Jesus' love. Jesus tells this familiar lesson that those who believe in God's beloved community will be salt of the earth. We will be a flavorful seasoning that will be a change, that we are something that the world needs and which changes and touches and transforms everything and everyone it touches. Salt brings out the best in some meals. Chocolate chip cookies need that pinch of salt to be amazing. Chicken noodle soup needs the right balance of salt and seasonings to make it a healing elixir. Salt has been a food seasoning since almost forever. My mom still tells me to gargle with salt water for sore throats. We use salt to melt ice and snow. Kosher salt is the best thing for brining meats, in my opinion. Salt and a few ice cubes gets the grime out of your coffee carafe. Trust me, it works. Salt water is what marine life thrives on. But when salt loses its flavor, it's no good for food. We can still use it on sidewalks, but salt can be destructive too, eating away at sidewalks and our car's undercarriage. Salt and freshwater lakes can throw off the balance of marine life. Salt can go bad and become useless. Jesus' followers are to be the salt of the earth. What does that mean? How have we made a positive difference in the world? During Jesus' ministry, Palestine had been conquered, colonized, and captured repeatedly, and their current overlords were the Romans as they invaded North Africa, Asia, and Europe. Peace, quote-unquote, Roman peace, was enforced by brutal military might. Political opposition was punished by deadly force. Protests and insurrections ended with mass executions. Often, miles and miles of Roman road lined with crosses for crucifixions. 
In order to advance and survive in this kind of culture, one had to be scrupulous and as harsh as possible. Romans respected only force and power. And in this context, Jesus speaks some ridiculous stuff. In God's beloved community, you need to be and behave differently from what you see around you. You need to be a different kind of spark in a cold world. You need to be peacemakers, seeking God's righteousness and power. You need to show mercy and justice. This is what it means to reveal God's beloved community in the face of empire. And by doing so, you will show people a better way to interact with their neighbors. You don't have to be mean, vengeful, egotistical, cruel, racist, selfish, classist, sexist, hateful. There is enough of that going on right now. You, Jesus people, you get to be a new flavor. You and I get to be salt. Former President Jimmy Carter was derided during his presidency for appearing weak. He seemed too willing to negotiate rather than launch weapons. The Iran hostage crisis tested him as it would have tested any president. But Carter came into that office deeply grounded in his Christian faith, a faith that taught him to be sought, to be part of the beloved community of God in all circumstances, in all places. He only served one term, but once he was out of office, we really got to see him shine. We saw his saltiness. He threw himself headlong into building homes for the poor. He wrote about his passion for peacemaking. He served as a global peace negotiator. The Carter Center for Nonviolence is rooted in his Christian notion of being sought, approaching conflict with the goal of transforming both the conflict and the people. Right now, the world needs salty Christians. The Jesus movement in America is deeply divided. People shouting hate at each other. People threatening each other. Christians committing violence. Outsiders and onlookers thinking, why are Christians behaving so horribly? We don't taste like salt right now. Maybe we taste more like fennel. We've lost our flavor or it's been diminished greatly. It seems that we have forgotten that Jesus is Lord. Isaiah's text today, if we were to keep reading past what's printed, says, you will be repairers of the breach. To Isaiah's audience and to us today, what does it mean to repair breaches, especially in divided times? What can salty Christians do to be healers 
of wounds, to bring unity rather than strife? What is one thing we can do going out of here today to behave differently than what we are witnessing? We need salty Christians right now, willing to bring peace and healing. My prayer is that we go from here, entering this season, remembering that what we say and do does impact who and what we say Jesus is. My prayer is that we can get back to being the flavor that can transform this world for the sake of the world. May we be again known for our love. We bear Christ's holy name. And may we honor that holy name. Amen.